coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The head coach of the Cougars is in Studio C, talking change of venue for Game 2 with LSU. And the tight ends are back at BYU. Freshman Matt Bushman is back off his mission and joining us here in Studio C. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake starts now. Sitake wants no part of the sideline. Look, he'll spin and come back in just to try and run somebody over. Open is Sitake, wide open. What's Kalani Sataki? What a nice job on Gerard Newby. BYU wins it for Lavelle Edwards. Kalani Satake as the new football coach at BYU. It's great to be back home. The kick is on its way. It is gone! It is gone! The Cougars have it! I'm very lucky to be coaching these young men. Mangum puts it up there. Shumway is there and he makes the catch! Catch made. By Pau, Pau makes a man miss. He's on his feet into the end zone. This is BYU football with Kalani Satake, presented by Ken Garf Aura, with your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, once again, Cougar Nation. And welcome to week two. We had a full house in Studio C for our season debut last week. Fuller house, even more fans this week. If you'd like to join us in next week's audience, request your free seats Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to byucougars.com slash sitake show. Fill out the seat request link and heads up, seats can fill quickly. And Cougar fans, we invite you to join the conversation on tonight's show on Twitter using hashtag Satake Show. Questions for Coach Satake or Matt Bushman, our guest, is coming up. You can fire away with those. Speaking of the coach, let's get him out here so we can get this show on the road. Now 2-0 in season openers as head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. I'm always nervous with this chair. <laughs> All right. How you guys doing? Wow. Uh, week two and uh, a lot going on uh, leading into this second game. It was a typical week of preparation. We thought it would be, but uh, uh, a typical week of game week turned into kind of a waiting game as, uh, as human elements uh, took precedence uh, down in Texas. And uh, as you know, uh, people are always going to come first. And the situation down uh, in Texas with uh, Hurricane Harvey has affected a lot of people around the nation, but the uh, area most hard hit was where BYU was to play a football game next week, and that's not going to be the case. We'll get into that. And Coach, uh, you've been in touch with some people in that area that uh, you know and love, and uh, you've got a sense of what's going on down there. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and, and um, you know, our thoughts and prayers are all for the people, and, and uh, we're just playing a football game, and so uh, that, that becomes uh, not the priority right now, you know, so uh, our uh, just our, our best wishes to the people in Houston area, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, things can get settled down there. But, um, you know, all we had to do is wait a little bit and, and relocate the game, and we'll be fine with it. But uh, we, we still pray and, and hope for the best for the for people in the Houston area. So. As you got a sense that uh, things might be disrupted relative to the LSU game, uh, did it become any kind of distraction for staffers or players, or do you kind of go about your business and let the people uh, uh, above you take care of things? Now, you know what? We kind of heard a, a little bit about that the day before the um, Portland State game. And so um, you know, we just can't really think about that right now. We're trying to focus on the game, and uh, we have a lot of things to fix from last week. And, 
you know, it doesn't really matter to our guys where, where we play. I mean, I, I think uh, our fans will show up wherever, uh, wherever the game is at. And uh, even if we, if we have to change venues, and, and our fans will show up. And so our players are, are comforted knowing that, that our, our fans will be there. And we now know the venue is the Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, what do you make of the venue change? Nice. I mean, it's a it's an NFL place, you know, where the, the Saints play, and so uh, a lot of history there and tradition. So it's another place that our our guys can uh, always say that they played at, and hopefully we can make some memories there. You know, uh, we we do good in, in, in a lot of great places. Uh, I think uh, last time they played in Dallas Cowboys Stadium, that was good for them too. So uh, let's just hope that it's a good omen to play in NFL stadiums. You opened your BYU head coaching career in an NFL stadium just uh, last year against Arizona. That worked out pretty well. Yeah, it was nice. It was in Arizona and indoors and air-conditioned, you know. <laughs> so um, this one will be indoors. And so, I, I mean, I, for a coach, it's all you do is worry about what you should wear on the sidelines. And so, um, you know, that's my main focus. <laughs> but, um, no, we, we're going to have fun. And, uh, I mean, if, if all I have to worry about is, is the if the air conditioning is going to be too much or not. But that's the guys will be ready to play, and then hopefully we, uh, we perform well, and hopefully our guys will be proud of the way they play this Saturday. And hopefully some of the heavy rains that are kind of headed that direction will uh, take enough of a break to let us get in and, and get this game uh, played on Saturday too. Yeah, but, I mean, whatever happens, just hopefully everyone is safe. That's the most important thing. And thoughts with the folks uh, in Texas, of course, as this game uh, does move on. And with the game now set for New Orleans and the Cougars and Tigers in the game prep, we'll talk more about LSU in a bit. First up, though, BYU comes into the game 1-0 on the season after a 26 uh, home win over Portland State. And uh, Kalani, uh, credit goes to the Vikings uh, for giving you a heck of a game last Saturday. Yeah, they, they, uh, they had a great game plan, and um, we had to make some adjustments on defense. And, and uh, you know, but I, th- I think for the most part, I was pleased with the way defense played. Just got to get out of third downs. Created one turnover. I'd like to see more disruption than that. But um, for what we were seeing, I think our, our guys kind of scaled it back and dropped eight of a bunch of times using odd front. Offensively, just couldn't get things clicking. We had too many mistakes and uh, can't have that show up this weekend. You told me in the pregame, that uh, among the things you were most excited to see on day one was, uh, was Tanner Magnum. How do you think he did as a, as a starter starting his junior season? He did, he did a great job of taking care of the football. You know, um, didn't, we didn't have any turnovers on offense, which helped us um, obviously keep, uh, keep points off the board. But um, taking care of the football is important for us, and it's usually ha- handled by the quarterback. I mean, we had a, a couple plays that, that we left on the field and a lot of points that we left on the field. And so uh, I, I was Impressed with his leadership and his, and his composure, but uh, just need everyone to step up. It seemed like the feeling you had is that someone was just waiting for somebody else to make a play, and we need all 11 guys to do their job, and plays will happen. So we talked to you immediately after the game. Once you've given it a couple of days to kind of settle and you get back to it Monday, did your thoughts at all change about how the team performed as a whole against Portland State? No, I mean, it wasn't our best showing, but you give a lot of credit to Portland State for what they did uh, as a team, and um, but... We definitely can play better than that, you know, and, and uh, I had to remind our players, I, I said it before, that in the locker room, that you, you thought we lost, you know, and so we had to remind them that winning is hard to do and, and uh, to respect the game and appreciate the wins, even when you don't play well, you know, and, and uh, learn from it. I mean, I'd rather learn from a win than learn from a loss. And so let's get used to winning and, and not take it for granted and then also uh, be excited to work on getting better because we can definitely play better than that. 
You hit on defense a bit. Uh, only six points allowed. That's great. Uh, three yards per play by Portland State. You like that. Lots of disruption, too. Only uh, 2% of Portland State's total plays were what you'd consider big plays. Mm-hmm. Meantime, 16% of your defensive snaps were big defensive plays. So I know you like that balance. Yeah, I mean, the percentages work out in our favor, but I, um, there, it was disruptive. I like to see it more disruptive. Getting greedy with the defense, <laughs> but uh, we, we had opportunities to get more turnovers and more sacks, and uh, it didn't happen. So, so there's room to grow on every phase of the game, special teams, defense, and offense. And hate to just pick on the offense. So they did a good job of taking care of the football, but defensively we could have given more short fields and created more uh, big plays and disruption and, and dominated even more than that. A lot of ways it just felt like an opener, and you made mistakes from which you can learn in a win, and that's what you take in the game too. Yeah, and just getting better and learning from it. I mean, uh, it's, a lot of coaches say that you improve the most from week one to week two, and, and um, you know, we'll see if that works next week. I mean, that's, that's, that's the goal is to make sure that we play better. But I'd like to see a huge improvement. I mean, it's, uh, it wasn't clean enough. There was a lot of mistakes, but there were also some good positives. I mean, I, our guys are strong up front, which I was really impressed with. And uh, our team showed that we were strong. But uh, now it's a different beast this weekend, you know. So it's a great test for us. And uh, we'll see how we match up. And I feel good about me and my old guys coming to New Orleans and playing them. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're grown men. Yeah. All right, uh, Portland State in the books. We're taking our first break. I and mean, as we do, we want you to know that uh, you can enjoy a full hot breakfast buffet. Dinner Monday through Wednesday. A kitchen and a large grassy backyard along the Provo River Trail. All at the Residence Inn Marriott in Provo. Tight end Matt Bushman is coming up later. Coming up next, Kalani Satake. BYU Football with Kalani Satake is presented by Ken Garf Nissan of Orem, a proud supporter of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. We know we're in for a battle, and we look forward to it. excited about the next game. And we are back. BYU football with Kalani Satake, the coach of the Cougars, joining you here in Studio C. Great crowd for week two. And uh, Kalani, after this uh, venue change, it's BYU and LSU now. And uh, we're talking about LSU, a team that's uh, one of the biggest names in the game. 17 straight years they've been ranked in the preseason top 25. First ever time that BYU and LSU get to face. These are really two of the biggest names in the game going head-to-head. I know this is one of those games. They talk about the circling on the calendar, but it's one of them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And, and uh, now that it's here, you don't have to worry about our guys looking to the next one, you know. So we'll be focused on this one. And, and uh, the biggest problem with last week is trying to tell everyone that we're focused mostly on Portland State. And, and uh, whether guys did that or not, I hope they did, you know. But... Um, I tell my kids to make their bed. They don't do it every time. So um, <laughs> I, I, I imagine our players did. But, uh, you know, now we're, we're to this big game, and our guys are excited about it. They've been, it's been something that, that popped out to them when we looked at the, the, the schedule. And so uh, let's go. Our guys are excited for the game, and, and uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I feel confident in our players, and, and I feel confident that we'll, we'll play much better than we did this last week. Now, it's not every game that gets the uh, comic book treatment, but uh, BYU and LSU – 
uh, thanks to ESPN and uh, Marvel Comics, got featured in, uh, in a mock-up here, uh, taking you back to the old school, I think, Captain America Iron Man uh, from the late 50s era. And you've got the Cougar and you've got the Tiger. We've got BYU and LSU. Uh, Big-time stage on uh, ESPN Saturday night at the Superdome. So that's, uh, that's a cool treatment and uh, another indication that it's a big-time game. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. People ask you where you can find that shirt you're wearing. I'm sure some people want to know where they can find that uh, comic book cover, too. And by the way, that is an epic shirt. I've seen it this is. on a few of the coaches. It's young and, uh, Lavelle. This is, uh, this is Buzz Cut era Lavelle Edwards on, uh, on the shirt, the name legend, the word legend beneath it there. And uh, I've seen a lot of the coaches sporting it, and it's a great way to, another great way to honor, uh, honor Lavelle. Yeah, we, we made the shirts through the Mord Life Foundation, our foundation for our team. And, and um, you know, just some people want to buy it. I guess we'll see if we can make it available and, and maybe have the proceeds go to charity. But uh, the, the goal isn't to try to make money. It's to try to um, honor uh, a, a great mentor of mine, a great mentor to, to BYU and to the, the church. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to advertise or anything, but... Um, I will advertise for the man and who he is, and, and uh, hopefully get people talking about Lavelle because uh, it's it's he's always a great subject to, to, for people to talk about. Like the patch did on, on the weekend as well, on the uniforms. Yeah, and so um, whatever you can do to get, to, to get motivated and keep his, uh, his memory alive and uh, keep his, you know, what he's done um, alive, his influence will always be there, and BYU football is here because of him. Right Okay, uh, let's get to LSU a little bit. Uh, you're acquainted with the head coach, Ed Orgeron, from your days in the Pac-12. Uh, your staff knows the defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda, uh, pretty well. And then you all know what Matt Canada, the OC, has done at a bunch of other schools. So uh, that trio right there, you've got two really heavy defensive guys and an innovative offensive mind. And uh, those three guys have this thing uh, ready to roll uh, down in Baton Rouge. A first year full-time for Coach Orgeron. Uh, Dave Aranda's been there a bit, first year with uh, Coach Canada, but you think you sort of know what to expect based on what he's done, right? Yeah, and they do a lot of stuff with misdirection, um, a lot of shifts and motions and stuff that we've seen on film. But, uh, you know, we go way back with Dave Aranda and that defense, and we spent a lot of time with him while he was at Utah State and then also Wisconsin. So uh, there's a connection there with, uh, um, with Tuyaki and myself and a lot of coaches on our staff with, with uh, Ed Lamb. So um, we know each other. You know, we, we have... Uh, it's not like anybody's just created new different plays that nobody's ever seen, but uh, there'll be a new offense for them, and there'll be something that we there'll be something that we haven't seen on film. But uh, as long as we stay fundamentally sound, we should be fine. Coach Orgeron, defensive coach by trade, and he's got Coach Aranda there with him. Uh, it's an excellent defense every year. Led the nation last year in fewest touchdowns allowed, 16 touchdowns allowed in 12 games. That's a, bad, that's a good number. You guys were really good, but they were phenomenally good up at the top of the country that way. They've got size. They've got speed, even without Arden Key. He gets a lot of publicity, but he won't play in the first game, we're told. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I mean, they have great players all over the place. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a... They had a great defense, they have a great team, big physical team from the SEC, and so, you know, we played Mississippi State last year and, and thought we matched up pretty good with them, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how we match up with LSU, but um, our guys aren't intimidated, and our guys feel, feel comfortable with what they've done in the offseason in the weight room, and so uh, we'll take the field and we'll see what happens. I, I keep saying that, but um, we are anticipating this matchup. This is not something that we're, we've been shy from, and so the, we're, we're excited that it's here and this, that this game week, and we had a great practice today, and so I like our chances. Great defensive numbers, but these guys are uh, no slouches on offense. Uh, Darius Geis is the main back, and even though Leonard Fournette got most of the press last year, he didn't play as much as Darius Geis did, and he had a tremendous season. Yeah, and I think he, I mean, he had 1,300 yards and, and um, 
averaged close to 10 yards a carry, you know, so he's a dangerous player and then has a lot of speed and he, he runs angry, you know, kind of like how Jamal ran last year. And so uh, we're looking forward to, to matching up with him and, and he has a big offensive line that's physical. And so, uh, yeah, I, you know, we'll see how their, their run offense matches against our run defense. And, um, but he, he is a Heisman candidate and um, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. He's, we definitely respect him and respect uh, what they do offensively. I, I think um, our line coach is Jeff Grimes. And, yeah, and so we have, yeah, we have connections with them. So we know a little bit of what they do and their style. And so they know a little bit about us. And when it gets down to the players, we'll make the plays on the field. You guys hang your hat on, on run defense generally. Uh, that's something in which you take a lot of pride is that trench, uh, that, that, that trench battle with guys like, like guys. Yeah, and it, it, it's a good measurement to see um, where we stand. You know, what we felt pretty good about last year's run, run defense, and, and uh, uh, we still think that we match up well. We think that we've improved on last year, and so uh, we, we definitely have a lot of plays to make and, and want to see uh, our guys be more disruptive than we were against Portland State. And I, I think if we stick to our stuff and do our game plan and, and uh, don't make any mental mistakes, we should have a good game plan that, to go into them with our defense, our offense, and our special teams. And so. Uh, yeah, we're just excited. We, nobody's, nobody's happy with how we performed last week, you know, and that's, that's from the whole team. And so this is another opportunity. Although we're thankful for the win, there's another opportunity for us to build on. Okay, BYU and LSU will be played in the Superdome. Those who purchase tickets through BYU uh, to the game in Houston will see those tickets refunded and will receive an email with detailed information on how to pro- buy priority tickets for this game. Now, if you didn't purchase a ticket previously, tomorrow at 12.30 Eastern, purchase tickets in the BYU section through Ticketmaster. And you can go to BYUtickets.com. They'll link you to Ticketmaster. Use the promo code BYUFAN. Promo code BYUFAN. BYUtickets.com tomorrow, 1230 Eastern, 1030 Mountain, through Ticketmaster to get your BYU-LSU game tickets. Coming up in our next segment, freshman tight end Matt Bushman joins us. And Kalani, this is a kid that uh, BYU fans have been waiting a long time to see. He signed in the recruiting class of 2014. Now he's finally playing for you. Had a great opener last week. Oh, yeah, amazing. And, and uh, it's a natural, um, natural talent at tight end. I mean, he's... Uh, you saw what he did, and, and that's just, we're just barely scratching the surface with him. Uh, he's got tons of plays to make, and we saw him in practice all spring and, and all in the offseason during fall camp, and so uh, he, he's a big weapon for us, and Tanner likes throwing him the ball, and so uh, he's, he's an outfielder, so he played baseball too, and he's a big kid, and um, he's getting bigger, so we'll see how it all works, and he's only a freshman. All right, Matt Bushman is coming up. Next, stay with us for that. All right, here at Ken Garf, Volkswagen of Orem, we're excited to announce our new dealership will be opening its doors in November. Visit our new showroom on University Parkway, Ken Garf. We hear Cougs. After the break, he is joining us live in studio. See tight end and baseball player Matt Bushman joins the coach. And we'll take your questions. This is BYU Football with Kalani Tatake. Tanner sets in the pocket, shuffles to his left. Pulls it down, tosses it up. It is caught inside the 30-yard line. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Satake with your host, Greg Rubel. All right, we are in Studio C, our new home for BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Hashtag Satake Show on the Twitter to join our conversation, which continues now as we welcome in our player guest, for the week, a high school sensation from Arizona with roots in Illinois and Louisiana. Let's bring on out freshman tight end Matt Bushman. 
going? Good to see you, Matt. Good to see you, too. Thanks for coming. Good to see you. Thank you. All right. Uh, this is our first time getting a chance to visit with you, and it's been kind of a long time in the making because I had to look back on this. You were part of the 2014 recruiting class. Right. And here we are in 2017, and you're finally putting on a BYU uniform. What was that uh, time like from committing to BYU under a different coach to then having everything that happened to you, including your mission, and not coming back to this guy? Yeah, it was definitely um, different at first. Um, I mean, I committed in 2014. I did a summer semester before, so I kind of got a glimpse of what it'd be like doing the workouts, um, seeing that coaching staff, just like how different it was from high school football. But then a month and a half later, I went on my mission, kind of left everything in the dust. Kind of, you know, you forget about things. You're, you're still hoping the, the team does well, but you kind of forget about everything that goes on. And then I come back to new coaching staff, Kind of knew each other um, when he was at Utah, but not, by, not, not crazy. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect, but it's been awesome coming back. I feel, I feel great. I felt welcomed from the start, and it's just been a great experience. So when you guys were at Utah, you looked at him? Yeah, I, I tried to recruit him and committed to BYU, and so I was a little, a little sad about it, but I'm so happy now. <laughs> so, so I, it all, it all works out in the end. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so uh, this, week's, uh, this week's game moving from, uh, from Houston uh, to New Orleans has a really uh, special and unique uh, impact on you from your perspective. It was 12 years ago today that Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana and hit New Orleans, and you were living there then. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, right. So uh, you were, Illinois is part of your past too, but then Louisiana, give us some background there that way. Yeah, so I was born in Illinois. My, my dad was going doing his studies. Um, and then when I was one, he went to Tulane University to get his PhD in psychology. So In New Orleans? In New Orleans, yeah. right. So I grew up there, elementary school, all that. Played sports, tackle football since I was four, turning five. Um, some shots of you from back in the day here? Yep. <laughs> that was actually, my mom was telling me that BYU game, we were, I mean, we evacuated to Houston after Hurricane Katrina, and on the way to Arizona... We stopped in New Mexico to watch my uncle play. Quinn Gooch is my uncle. Oh. So we went to watch him play. and DB for BYU? Yeah. Right. So we just kind of, I mean, it was a different experience. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. I was nine years old. Um, but it was definitely hard for my family, um, hard for all the people. I bet there were, there's guys on the LSU team that went through the same thing. But luckily, I got to evacuate. Some of those guys probably didn't have a chance to. They um, experienced the flood. They experienced the hardship. Probably had to. Some of them lived in the refuge in the Superdome where we're going to play. Yeah. So it's definitely different. I mean, it's awesome. I haven't been back. I went back in eighth grade once and then never went back since. So I'm excited to go back to my hometown. And um, I rooted the New Orleans Saints on growing up as a kid. I still do. So I'm excited to play in their stadium and see what it's like. Did a little bit of you cheer for LSU because you were there? Right. So my parents graduated <laughs> from my parents graduated from here from BYU. But when you move to Louisiana, I mean, LSU is a big football school. They're a powerhouse. So, yeah, we'd always, I'd cheer for them. I'd cheer for them, too. I liked BYU first, but I liked LSU second. So here we had a game set up uh, in a city that is facing a lot of the things that New Orleans residents faced 12 years ago. And because of that, we end up back in New Orleans. It's a real, kind of a crazy deal from your perspective. Right. And it's just, I mean, we evacuated to Houston. I lived with my mom's cousin for a little bit. There's so many families that we know that moved to Houston, they lived in Houston, and now some of them might be experiencing this hurricane 
two times in their lives. It's just something really rough and um, not a good experience to start all over again and go through that hardship. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're just wishing the best, praying for them. Hopefully everything goes well in Houston and they can have a quick recovery. And, yeah, just wishing the best. Blondie, did you know of Matt's background that way when this all went down? No, I, I didn't know all that. I knew that he was in, uh, from Arizona because I tried to recruit him, you know, out of Sabino. So um, I think I tried to tell you your safety, too. I can't. I was just trying to tell him whatever I could to get him interested. Um, <laughs> so it's an, I mean, it's been awesome coaching Matt, and, and, and uh, there's not much I can do. He's, he's already been... He's already been prepped well by his family and his, and his parents, and uh, all the things that he's done is a mission, uh, you know, serving a mission. And so I'm just excited to, and honored to be his coach and just really proud of the things that he's doing on the field. But there's a lot of things that he does off the field. He's really humble. Um, and uh, I mean, he's dressed up now, right? He looks, he's a handsome kid, but he's, he's humble. And for the, for the stuff that he does he, and, and for the talent that he is, he works so hard. Um, I think he gained 30 pounds quickly and uh, I think I gained 30 pounds at the same time, but it's a, it's a different type of 30 pounds. But um, you know, he, he but he, he he works hard and he he plays hard, and it just makes sense that that he's going to be a great football player. And he, I mean, we just we've seen a little bit of it. I, I can't wait for him to to just have a, a an explosive game, and this would be a good time to do it, right, Matt? Exactly. So we'll see what happens. But y'all think of Matt's game one, by the way, Saturday against. <laughs> We're in a position with a lot of tradition here at BYU, and uh, this is that you know that some of the greats that have played for this team have been tight ends, and you know some of those names. Who are the guys that you were aware of, or mindful of, or maybe try to play like that, that played tight end here at BYU? I mean, growing up, having my uncle on the on the football team, um, Dennis Pitta. I remember when I was I think 10 years old, I got his autograph after a Las Vegas Bowl win, so that was always a fun little experience. I never thought that I'd be playing here, but. I mean, Chad Lewis, he's been around campus when I got home, and he's been always helping me out. Chris Smith also, he's been a, a great help. Um, yeah, I mean, Johnny Harleen also, grew, grew up watching him. So, I mean, I'm excited to be able to play the position, to be able to get playing time as a freshman and just try to do my best during the games. I mean, it's awesome having Tanner throwing the ball, just trusting me to go up and catch the ball sometimes over yeah. some defensive backs. So, I mean, I'm just grateful for the opportunity and excited to – Go on to game two. Did you know Dennis was at the game Saturday? Did you see him? I didn't see him, but he's I, on heard, the I heard he, he was. liked what you did. We talked to him. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he said the kid's got something. Yeah. So we might, we might, we might see that, uh, that catch that Dennis was talking about here in the next segment. Uh, baseball. Uh, Coach mentioned earlier you're a football guy and a baseball guy. Did you always intend on being a, a two-sport athlete at this level? Um, not really. In high school, I played football, basketball, baseball just for fun. Always focused on, always focused on football. But, um, I just, I mean, baseball's just been fun. I mean, I just had the opportunity. My junior year, I started getting recruited. My sophomore year for football, but my junior year for baseball. So once I started getting offers from the same schools, I was just like, okay, maybe I can do the same thing. Started talking to the coaches, and they were a little skeptical about it, but then they allowed me to do it. And once I got back from my mission, I didn't know how Coach Itaki would feel about it. And he, he was really How, nice how do you it. feel about it? No. Oh. I wish there's 20 of them. Just like the Warners last week, I, I, I mean, this is what you think of when, you, when you're trying to build a team with a, an explosive tight end, is guys like Matt Bushman and Moroni. And, um, you know, we, we had Tanner Baldry last year that started for us, and 
So it's a good group, and, and um, you have Hunter Marshall, so it's a good group, and, and they all bring different different things to the table. But, um, I mean, Matt Matt does a lot of it uh, naturally. It's, it's easy for him, and catching the ball, it just makes sense. He plays baseball, you know, just you got to catch that ball. So he, he's an outfielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now there's a, there's a dorm. Now you're a left-handed hitter, right? Yep. Okay, so there's a dorm in uh, outside right field at, at Miller Park. May Hall is the name of the dorm, and I'm told that... Uh, Batting practice, he can hit some bombs and hit, hit the dorm, hit May Hall. Is that true? I don't know about that. I mean, I like trying to hit home runs. That's what I like about baseball. So, I mean, I've hit a couple. It was tough at first. When I first got home, I could not hit to save my life. But um, as time went on, I started hitting better and better and just had good coaches just like I do with the football team. Um, they were patient with me and helped me get better. Now hoping for some home runs uh, on the gridiron as well. We've got more of Matt Bushman straight ahead. When we come back, we'll bring live studio audience questions into the mix along with social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. BYU Football with Kalani Satake is presented by Ken Garf Honda of Orem, a proud supporter of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Let's talk about our Cougars in the NFL for a moment. Former Cougar wide receiver Jordan Leslie. I make the Cleveland Browns roster. Have the game-winning touchdown against the Bucks on the weekend. Jamal Williams using, used really well out of the backfield as a receiver for the Packers this past weekend. The Taysom Hill didn't play as they went a lot with Hundley to see what he could do as they played the first and second spring only. Daniel Sorensen had a team-high five tackles for the Chiefs against the Seahawks. And Harvey Longy is still getting things done there in New England with four tackles on the weekend. Welcome back to the show. Back with Matt Bushman, BYU tight end. We talked about uh, your first game, uh, three catches, and uh, one of them was the longest play of the game. It was a 36-yard reception from uh, Tanner Mangum. Uh, that kind of connection uh, that you have with Tanner, is that something where he often just says, I'm going to chuck it up, go find it, big man? Um, I think after spring, I kind of started feeling more comfortable. In the summer, we started getting that chemistry with, with the quarterbacks. Um, I, felt, I started feeling better started feeling more confident, more comfortable, and um, I think just during the summer, fall camp, and now he just has that trust to kind of throw up to, I have a bigger body than some, than most DBs, so it should work most of the time if, you, if the ball's thrown at the right spot and everything like that, so I mean, I've, I'm happy that I'm getting the ball thrown to me, and he has that confidence and trust in me. Kalani, when the ball was in the air on that particular play, you felt pretty good about it? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's done it over and over and over again, and then I feel good about him catching a drag route and running it for 80 yards for a touchdown too. So he's done that in the past, and, and so yeah. he's yeah, that's, he's got he, he's he's got a lot of speed and he's deceptive. I mean, if you remember the spring game where he caught that one and just took off, yep, he, was he outran a lot of fast DBs, and and uh, he just looked so smooth doing it. He had those long legs, and uh, well, he's got that speed. So it's just it's a little bit deceptive, and he's because he runs really smooth and. A lot like Dennis Pitta used to run. Do you want to be seen as, as good a hand-on-the-ground tight end as a flex tight end as well, kind of be useful in, in both areas that way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like as a tight end, we should have our hand in the ground most of the time, but when you go out in the spread and our slot receivers, it can be a mismatch also. But, I mean, most tight ends need to be able to block also, and so they have to have our hand in the ground and blocking up against those defensive ends and linebackers. Kalani, how is his blocking, by the way? He's good. He, he wants to. That's, that's the main thing, and uh, I talked about his work ethic, and, and uh, that's something that, that I think he can do, and, and it's just all a matter of if he wants to, and, he, and he, he does it. He goes against some really good DNs, and Sione Takitaki and Corbin, and those guys should prepare him for, for DNs he's going to see in the schedule and this weekend. 
All right, the time to turn the mat over to our studio audience for a moment here. Let's go to our live mic for a question, and we've got uh, Russell Alley. You're on with Matt Bushman. Russell. Hey, Matt, what's up, bro? Hey, uh, so, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of both sports and uh, come out and watch both, uh, both games. Um, so how do you feel uh, since you were through with baseball through summer, not really participating with the football team much? How do you feel that helped you prepare for the football season? Um, well, it was so when I got back from my mission, it was kind of a weird time. Um, the football season was already started, so I couldn't participate. Um, I was just working on my own, but then baseball season started, so I didn't really know what to do. I mean, I had the scholarship for football, and I have the spot on the baseball team, but it's, I had to like work harder. I feel like I had to work hard to please the football coaches and the baseball coaches, so it was a tough first couple of uh, the first semester, the first couple of months. Um, I mean, I was, I was a backup behind some good outfielders on the baseball team, and it was just good learning little by little, um, having patience. Um, I think that prepared me for the season just to be ready for whatever, for whatever, just to kind of learn, um, have the, I don't know, mental smartness, intelligence to, of baseball and football. So once the spring, I mean, once the summer, once baseball season ended in the summer, I was able to focus on football completely, get back into things again and just focus hundred percent, get that confidence and trust with the quarterbacks and just work on my routes again. And, um, I think it's worked out. Now, Kalani, you know Mike Littlewood, the baseball coach, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're, you're able to play for two really good coaches. You've got Kalani, who everyone loves and we know quite well, and then Coach Littlewood uh, is, is right there with him. I mean, you're, you're blessed to have two really good guys working with you, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. They're, they're, both, they're two different types of coaches. Um, but okay, both... how are they different? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I feel like both coaches get really serious during the games. But um, that's just how it is. You have to be serious during the games. You have to be into it. Um, Coach Littlewood, he, I feel like his, his practices are a little bit more military, I don't know, just oriented. Um, it's just a lot more, it's serious. The atmosphere is just a little bit different. At, the football, at football practice, it's, you're a little bit more relaxed. You're, um, the atmosphere just feels good. The coaches are, they don't get in your face as much. They have patience, patience with you. Um, the baseball coaches have patience with me, but it's just, I don't know, it's just different. Just two different, like, people say Coach Kalani's a great player's coach, um, and he knows how to win. Coach Littlewood is a player's coach, but he also has that military style where he's serious and he wants to get things done. So it's just different, but both coaches know how to win, and I love that about him. All right, let's take a question from Twitter from Matt. This is from at Hutch underscore Coog. What is the number one thing that you want to work on against LSU? Against LSU? I think I need to be more physical in my route running and just to be able to create that separation. Um, the coaches were saying I kind of get into my route to try to use my speed a little too fast instead of slow playing things and um, just kind of tricking the defense into thinking that I might be blocking or thinking I might be running one, one way and just cut the other way. So I think that just being more physical, blocking also, those are going to be some big guys. Um, I think some of their defensive ends weigh 300 pounds, I weigh 230. It's, uh, but um, I just need to have that. I need, be out there ready to fight and just block my tail off. All right, Kalani, the kid did okay. Good job. Way to go, Matt. Good to have you on here tonight. All right, Matt Bushman, everybody. He's gone. He's dead. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. All right, he's out of here. 
All right, we at Ken Garf Nissan of Orem are improving things for our customers. To see how, come visit our showroom located on University Parkway. Ken Garf, we hear Cougs. After the break, we're taking your questions for Kalani. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. With trips to the right, Tanner looks and throws there. Catch made by Pau'u. Pau'u makes a man miss. He's on his feet into the end zone. Touchdown for Neil Pau'u. That is the exciting play of the game presented by Nissan, a proud supporter and partner of the BYU Cougars. Nissan, innovation that excites. We are back in Studio C for more BYU football with Kalani Satake. So last year, uh, the first game of the Kalani Satake era was in Arizona, and the first touchdown of the game was scored by Braden L. Bakri, and that was his first ever touchdown as a BYU Cougar. First touchdown of this season was Neil Pau. That's first, his first touchdown as a BYU Cougar. So the new guys love you. They love you getting, uh, <laughs> yeah. getting him into the mix right away. Let's, let's get Matt, Matt one you know, this weekend. Let's get a bunch of guys a bunch of touchdowns. And so, yeah, all right, it's that time where we uh, go Cougar Nation one-on-one with the coach, uh, both in our live audience and on social media. We've got uh, live audience questions and from Twitter as well, ready to roll. We're going to start things off here in studio. Let's hear from Lincoln Peterson. Lincoln, you're on with the coach. So, coach, uh, what aspect of the team are you wanting to see the most improvement from before facing LSU and New Orleans? Good question, Lincoln. I um... I think we, we need to see some points on more points on the board and uh, not a lot of mistakes. I mean, offensively, we need to uh, keep drives going, and I, th- I, don't, I don't think we did well enough third downs. Um, but I, I think, Greg, you told me last week that our average third, third down um, distance was nine yards, so that needs to improve, and um, we just can't make mistakes like we did. We, we had penalties that killed drives, and even if we do have mistakes along the way, we need to respond better. So that's what I'm looking forward to on offense. Defensively, just trying to get more big plays and uh, special teams, just, just not uh, calling a timeout when Rhett makes a field goal. <laughs> no. Lincoln, thank you. Nice hat, by the way. That's a good-looking hat. Sweet. All right, let's go to, uh, go to Twitter for this one. Uh, this is from at BYU Loyal Cougar. For Kalani, this is the questioner. This person says, my wife is in labor. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Like now. We're watching the show online. Any cougar-themed names you'd suggest for our baby? Oh, man. Yeah, that's... Hey, just whatever your wife decides, just go with it. So That's, that's all I can say. And I'm glad you're in the delivery room. That's a good, that's a good first step right there. So stay there, and then whatever name she chooses. Does that work? Yeah. Now, if, you're, if you're questioning it, then go to the Book of Mormon. There's a bunch of names there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to be uh, Polynesian to go with Kalani? Could they go with Kalani if they want to? I mean, uh... No. I mean, uh, um, so at the Fan Fest a couple weeks ago, someone told me that they named their dog Kalani. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the Human most obedient. Thing here, probably the most uh, obedient and friendliest dog around. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. He's not very military in his, in his movements. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's having too much fun as a dog. Yeah, yeah. No. 
just, just so you know that um, Coach Littlewood and I are good friends, and so <laughs> I, I'd like to think that I, I thought I was a lot like I him. I think you're so. a tough guy too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not military. That's the only thing. So I need to improve on that. <laughs> All right, back in studio. We've got, we've got Michelle. So, is it Salt Skipper? Salt Skipper. Okay, you're on. So, Coach, at the game on Saturday, I know the heat was affecting a lot of the fans. Was it affecting the players as well, especially with all of their gear, with how hot it was? There's no way they should ever complain about the weather. <laughs> so, um, after having a, a, a complete, uh, what was it, a rainstorm in the bowl game and then even in spring ball, so I think they were happy about I don't think that was even an, an issue uh, we have those um, air-conditioned fans on the sideline, so there's really no excuse for them to complain about it. But no, I, I don't think it, it caused an issue. Um, in, in other games, you're seeing guys that are cramping up and stuff like that, but that didn't happen to our guys. We were conditioned well, and, and uh, our strength coach does a great job with them. Our strength staff does a great job with them. So uh, I don't think that was a, a factor. I heard a bunch of fans needed medical attention. And so, um, yeah, just they should just give out, you know, free snow cones to cool everybody down. <laughs> and, and we Sorry, but no, I'm not, that, that, that wasn't, I don't think that was a factor. The, the, our opponent had to play in the same, same heat too. All right, Twitter question, uh, at underscore Schofield1. Coach, what's going to be the most exciting aspect of the game, besides winning it, this Saturday? The most exciting? Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, just getting there and playing the game and seeing our fans and um, entertaining. I think just, I've said it before, we just want another chance at, at playing. We didn't feel like we, we showed enough on the, in the first game, and so the second week we hope we, come to, we, hope we, uh, we, we do what we ca- we're capable of. That's, that's the only thing that, um, that I'm really looking forward to this weekend is just performing better than we did last week. All right, uh, break time. The coaches' closing comments are coming up next. Our final segment of Q&A has been wrapping up. Uh, looking for a more even convenient way to shop at Smith's? Try Smith's Click List. Order online or pick up curbside at the store. Visit smithsfoodanddrug.com slash click list for details. More Kalani Q&A coming up after this break. This is BYU Football with Kalani BYU Football with Kalani Satake is presented by Ken Garf Volkswagen of Orem, a proud supporter of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. <laughs> Welcome back for our final segment of Q&A for Coach Satake. And as always, use the hashtag... Satake Show, hashtag Satake Show to get your questions in for the coach, uh, social media, and in studio. Here we go. Uh, we've got another questioner at the mic. His name is Chad Harrison. Chad. Hi. You've got Coach Satake. Coach, which player or coach has the worst taste in music? <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Come on. No, they all have great taste in music. So... I guess I'd be nobody. All right. I, which player? I mean, there's a there's a good portion of the of the team that doesn't like country, and I, I I'm the kind that likes everything. So there's good music all around. And if there's any any confusion or arguments about it, we'll just put on church music that that, <laughs> that settles it. So. Are you the kind of guy that if you're in your office, do you ever have any music playing? Yeah, I think it, I mean well, usually if I'm working and doing something. Really, that takes a lot of attention, I do it, so I, it can get sidetracked once in a while. There's just some songs that come on, and you just you got to stop working and just sing it. You 
I'm not going to tell you which ones, but <laughs> you gotta tell us. yeah, no, it, I mean, you know what it, you know what they are. Sometimes it's embarrassing, so it's okay. I don't want to embarrass my kids too much. Okay, <laughs> he, he's a Taylor Swift guy. We know that. We know that. Uh, <laughs> Who um, isn't? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right. Uh, next up, David Good is at the How mic. How you doing, Coach? With uh, LSU having better press cornerbacks than what what we what we saw with uh, Portland State. How do we get a better rhythm in offense and being able to get off the line quicker and not allowing their safeties to kind of press and, and, and stop the run? Good question. The, the, uh, the first part is that uh, you need to mix it up and have control downs. So, you, I mean, when you're dealing with third and long or even first and 25, that right, right away that alerts the DBs that you're probably going to be in passing situations. So the, the key is to keep them on their heels and, and keep them guessing. If we're always consistently, as an average, on third and nine, then you're probably knowing as a corner that you're going to be dealing with a pass. And so that makes it harder. Now, if they're having dealing with being the run fit and having to make tackles and runs, just say it's third and four, third and three, then you're keeping them guessing there. You know? so, and the other, the other part is the Portland State's corners weren't, you know, it's not like they were horrible. They had, they had a, a couple good guys that, that are getting NFL attention, and then they have a guy that, Played in, in um, at Oregon and started for them in national championship game. So it's not like they're just uh, easy to, to beat. But the main thing is we, we feel confident in our corners playing against our receivers, and our receivers did well all camp. So we just need to make sure that they um, that we get in better situations to put our receivers in. It's not fair when you're always in constantly in a passing situation. All right, folks, thanks for your questions. Back to wrap things up. This is BYU football with Kalani Sitake. <laughs> Studio C tonight, uh, Kalani, BYU, LSU, Superdome in New Orleans. What a great environment. Yeah, big-time stadium, big-time opponent, you know, and uh, BYU tends to show up at, to these type of games, and so uh, let's make some big-time plays and uh, have a big-time result. And let's see Cougar Nation at the Superdome in New Orleans on Saturday. Absolutely. Folks, wonderful crowd. Thank you for all for being here. If you want to be here with us next week, where these folks are tonight, all you have to do is go to BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show, 1 p.m. Eastern next Monday to reserve a spot in next Tuesday's audience. We will talk to you next Tuesday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Mountain. For Matt Bushman, who left, Coach Kalani Satake, and these great BYU fans, I'm Greg Grubel. This has been BYU Football with Kalani Satake, live from Studio C. We'll see you next week.